0: From Wish TV and the All Indiana Podcast Network, this
1: is the Business, Equity, and Opportunities Podcast with Scott Sander. Welcome to the Business, Equity, and Opportunities Podcast. I'm Scott Sander. On this episode, there's more to the Circle City Classic than just a football game. Our industry focus is on the orthopedics capital of the world here in Indiana. We recap the recent Rally Innovation Conference, and our success story is a big winner at Rally.
0: As a supporter of the Business Equity and Opportunity Show, Eskenazi Health is committed to working with minority-owned businesses to support the economic health and diversity of our community. Eskenazi Health encourages all prospective diverse suppliers to seek certification from a bona fide certification agency, preferably a local government entity, such as the city of Indianapolis or the state of Indiana. Learn more about our supplier diversity efforts and current opportunities available at eskenazihealth.edu. SupplierDiversity. Every business is unique and has a target audience. If you own or manage a business, Circulus Digital Media can help you connect and grow your customer base with turnkey digital solutions that are nimble, offering best-in-class results, service, and support to reach a bigger customer base, allowing you to pinpoint a specific audience down to the smallest details. Get outside the city, the state, span the globe. Put Circulus Digital Media to work for you. Get started now at CirculusDigital.com. That's CirculusDigital.com
1: this is business equity and opportunities time to talk about the week in business this time a look at the annual circle city classic most often you think of it as a football game between two HBCU schools but to the organizers the participants and others it is much much more
0: this is business equity and opportunities this week in business
2: this is our 39th Annual Circle City Classic. We dabbled last year in bands. Uh, You know, the, the landscape is very competitive now with classics across the country, although we were one of the originals. Uh, But the community came back and said, "Okay, we want to see a game again. Uh, So what we did is we've actually we're bringing back the game this year. This year will be Mississippi Valley State University. Uh, The last time they were here was when Jerry Rice was actually uh, on the football team. So they've not been back for 37 years. Uh, the other team is North Carolina Central University, who's the HBCU champions. They were the guys who knocked off Jackson State uh, under Deion Sanders. So there's this is going to be an exciting matchup. It really will be. We've, uh, as you know, with Summer Celebration, it is really just an umbrella of everything that we do intentionally from a programmatic standpoint. So what we've tried to do over the years is incorporate the concept into Circle City Class. I mean, when you have the opportunity, again, to bring... HBCU colleges to the Midwest, uh, which traditionally there aren't a lot of uh, HBCU schools in the Midwest. What we try to do is be intentional and do a programming around it. So we started over the years uh, with what we have call our Education Day Party, which is actually a career fair with a twist for kids. So middle age uh, to high school kids go through the college fair on that Saturday prior to the game. What we're doing this year uh is even more unique. We're actually we're, we're starting with a Talent Day career fair. Uh, again, this will be the first of its kind. It will be inside Lucas Oil Stadium on that Friday prior to our coaches' luncheon, uh, which is moving back into Lucas Oil Stadium. It has been at NCAA for, for some years, so we've brought it back so that we can grow it uh, to have a larger audience. But uh, after that event, we will have our Talent Day career fair uh, which again the intent is is in step with what our community stakeholders have said over the years uh, to recruit black talent Uh, to the state of Indiana and also to also give our schools, our Midwest schools and the schools around a designated place to go. And we call it uh, where fortune meets future, right? So again, trying to do a twist, make it more exciting uh, for the target audience. So we do that on Friday. And then on Saturday, we have our biz and entrepreneurship party, and we call it a party, but it's very intentional. Uh, it is for startup businesses, micro businesses, uh, tech businesses, and incorporating our own black business training institute that we house here uh, in this facility. So really, really exciting trying to do things where it's more productive, more intentional, but you can also have a good time uh, at the same time you know I think it's uh, the success component of it is really all about the community right I mean if, if someone gets a job uh, if someone again will be giving out growth grants from our black business training institute so really sustainability for our community uh, you know education if, if kids we all of this is really a fundraiser for scholarships so uh, we'll be uh, providing 26 scholarships uh, this summer for kids so all about giving back to the community and being a pipeline for other organizations. To me, that's what success is all about.
3: Yeah, so the weekend starts with the coaches luncheon, which is the highlight. Um, You have a big game coming in town. Then that evening, you have the pep rally. So you have two major historical black colleges coming in town, amazing bands. Be right on South Street, right in front of Lucas Oil. And now the Black Expo does such a great job with the platform. Having those bands downtown Indianapolis performing right on South Street. It's just an amazing evening to start out the weekend. So what I love about the platform is everything that's baked into it from a placemaking standpoint, right? Um, You have so many people coming into Indy. So you have an opportunity to show all the opportunities that exist in Indy, all the great work that has been happening all year. So you have the Talent Day where you're helping some of our anchor businesses connect with and help them meet their diverse talent needs. We have, with so many people coming in town, so you come in town to watch a game but you get a chance to take care of some business. So you do that on Friday. Then on Saturday, um, getting people into the stadium before the game to just celebrate entrepreneurship. There's so much opportunity in Indianapolis around entrepreneurship. There's so much energy. IBE has done the Black Business Training Institute. So they get a chance to celebrate over 100 businesses um, that day also get a chance to celebrate all the opportunities and supply diversity in the city with the city of Indianapolis, business equity for Indy, the state of Indiana, and then we have a growing tech sector happening in Indy where we have a lot of black startups trying to grow their businesses. So just an environment to celebrate all of that and then showcase some wins right and show people that things are happening in Annapolis so um, the unique platform of service City classic allows us to do there's no other platform like that in the city um, to be able to welcome people into the city showcase what's happening in the city but celebrate your own as well
1: time for our industry focus on business equity and opportunities with companies like Zimmer Biomet Dupuis Medtronic and more Warsaw, Indiana, has more of its economic activity centered on medical devices than anywhere else in the United States. OrthoWorks is a nonprofit formed in 2009 with initial funding from Lilly Endowment aimed at preserving and extending the region's legacy as the orthopedic capital, even as some of the big names plan major changes. We spoke with the president and CEO of OrthoWorks, Bob Vito. This is Business Equity and Opportunities, Industry
4: Focus. The first start was uh, Reverend Depew back in 1895. And, uh, he was passing through town and as the story goes, his wagon broke down. And, uh, so there he ended up in, uh, Warsaw, Indiana. And, uh, fell in love with, um, a local, uh, lady there and, and ended up, uh, making his roots. But eventually started a business that, um, was, uh, in support of, the uh, broken limbs that often came through through farming accidents Um, so it was a splint um, business by and large and so wire and mesh um, splints um, that were used uh, for uh, fixing the bones and over the the 125 year time span um, orthopedics have continued to to evolve from from those wire and mesh splints to to now very highly engineered and sophisticated um implants uh that that we know the the orthopedic industry is um the uh the recipient of. Um so anything that wears out I would say comes from Warsaw in the way of the anatomy, you know, where that's a hip, knee, shoulder, ankle, elbow, you name it. Over the course of years, uh there have been some large scale companies that have existed, so Depew, Johnson & Johnson, that's that's Rev's uh original business and then Zimmer Biomet. Um now the combination of the zimmer and the biomed organizations we call them oem so they're they're the actual uh... original equipment manufacturers if you will um... for that industry making the implants but in addition to the oem's we also have a lot of contract manufacturers Um the contract manufacturers take um, a lot of what the oem's you know maybe find is is excess uh, capacity they don't have and uh... and take up that that part of the manufacturing process. So that can be, range from certain specialty operations. Uh, it can also include a lot of the uh, the instrumentation. Uh, you know, implants are only just one part of what goes on in the uh, the surgery scene. You need to have all this instrumentation to actually do the implant. 15 or so years ago, uh, the, the Lilly Endowment was instrumental in, in really getting OrthoWorks started. And OrthoWorks was meant to, to be a replication in a lot of ways of BioCrossroads. Um, a lot of folks are familiar with BioCrossroads out of an Indianapolis area. Uh, BioCrossroads supports the life sciences area. Uh, more so uh, across the, the state, OrthoWorks was again a, a replication, but it was meant to serve the orthopedic industry, specifically the orthopedic capital uh, that we know uh, located in Warsaw, Cassiauskas County. And originally, the, the thought was, um, you know, be a catalyst, be a be a, a supporter of the industry. Uh, the catalyst side of that is not not everybody um you know has somebody that gets up every day thinking about the industry as a whole they think about their company and so OrthoWorks was really conceived to be an industry czar and and helping to bring together the the industry leaders and think about what the future could hold in store as well as supporting some of the needs today the, the biggest need is talent uh, and and that was also you know similar to the case 15 years ago when we got started but it's a very different uh, environment than, than what we faced 15 years ago. The OrthoWorks business is our nonprofit side, and then on the for profit side, we have an organization called Excel Links, uh, playing off of that accelerator thought process. And Excel Links is a, a group of subject matter experts that have come out of the industry, and they're there to, to really serve. Um, the startup community trying to get to market faster. You know, one, one of the biggest things for a startup company is to get to profitability and and to sustain that into the future. And so these subject matter experts, many and and most all of them have come out of the industry. Uh, they range in their expertise. You know, some of them are commercial experts, some of them are engineering experts. We have regulatory. Um, you you really you you name it in the industry and chances are we have somebody on our roster that has that expertise you know the industry has has been a bellwether first of all Um, We really haven't felt much impact from recession over the over the years and and the quick version of why that is is When you hit a recessionary period those folks that actually maybe lose their jobs will go on a a Cobra coverage for a period of time while they're on Cobra They're gonna go get everything done that they need to have done So while you have a lull in the normal patient flow those Cobra patients filled that in and so that really made it very very recession-proof and over the course of time, there's just been a maturation of the uh, the industry. You know, hips and knees now are, are kind of mainstay, and and I would say there are advances that continue to be made in the collection of data around hips and knees. But the, you know, the implants themselves, um, you know, smaller and smaller um, progress of of advancement, but we do see other extremities, um, you know, shoulders, elbows, ankles, you know, seeing, seeing advances. The thing that I think that the industry faces today is an inflection point um, that's really been brought on by COVID in a lot of ways. Um, you know, the predominance of our procedures have been done in hospitals um, historically, and as COVID set in, we all know that elective procedures in, in hospitals were set aside. And, and so now the, the bringing on of the orthopedic surgery centers, the, the specialty centers has really um, caused the, the orthopedic companies now to have to rethink about how they're gonna serve that, that marketplace. Um, because in a hospital, they had a voluminous amount of space, they had very large-scale sterilization equipment. In a surgery center, you don't have the luxury of all those things. And so I, I think right now, that inflection point I talk about is the industry realizing that, that there's some margin compression that's going on, I mean, we all know that healthcare costs are being challenged. And then as they move into a surgery center with that smaller footprint, they're going to have to think about how they serve that um, that need in a in a different way. Again, as we reinvent ourselves and think about you know how it is that we're going to serve that market, but but also what we're going to do in serving it. Um, you know, we hear the term you know big data all the time, and and I think that that's what we're seeing is the collection of information and the collection of data is going to really change the landscape into the future. So. We're fortunate in Warsaw. We we just had uh, one of the most state-of-the-art orthopedic surgery centers open up in our community, and you walk into that OR and you see nothing but technology. Um, and the number of door or number of times that the door opens and closes, um, that's captured. The all the robotics um, that are being used in the procedure, collecting all the data as
1: well. Welcome back to Business Equity and Opportunities. I'm Scott Sander. Accessing capital can start with connections. The rally innovation conference concluded in Indianapolis last week after three days and hundreds of content sessions, investor meetups, cross-sector collaborations, technology demonstrations, and, oh, a $5 million pitch competition. The purpose for the organizers? Bringing together local companies and investors, bringing capital and business to the state. We talked with Christopher Day of Elevate Ventures, one of Rally's sponsors. This
0: is Business,
1: Equity and Opportunities, Access to Capital.
5: I deeply and truly hoped that people would lean in and embrace this idea of cross-sector, disparate stakeholders, creative collisions and learning, right, and expanding their mindset Uh, Expanding how they think about their business, about their organization, about how they educate, you know, our children, whatever it might be. So I I think it was more hoping than it was expecting. Over 3,000 people converging in one place at one time. The stories I'm hearing are just uh, amazing. I heard there was one company that had four investors um, set up follow-up meetings with them on the spot that they met in the demo arena, for example. And they weren't even, that wasn't even a part of the the one-on-one investor meetups. I heard other founders say it was better than TechCrunch, uh, that they got more value from it. Um, so just story after story of, of people collaborating, um, that were, that aren't in the same sectors. And then the, I think, I don't know, we were somewhere around a thousand or more meetings, uh, between VCs and companies in 48 hours. I mean, that's just insane. Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest moments that struck me was when Magic Johnson, Urban Magic Johnson, um, when he pulled those kids up on stage and took a picture with them, the Eaglepreneurs. Whitley Yates called about two, three weeks before the event and said, Hey, I've got these twenty-five Eaglepreneurs and you know, can we get them in a rally? I'm like, done. Like, right? we'll stick them front row. And that's what it's all about, right? We we're spreading that hope, right? Visualization, experiencing that, hey, I've got a seat at the table too. Hey, there's an opportunity for my future. Gosh, if we can if we can just touch one life, I like to think, then then the ripple effect of that's amazing. It was 25, or maybe it wasn't 25 in that one setting, but it was at least a dozen, I think. And having those kids get to see and feel and experience being a part of something bigger. In fact, the follow-up was, can you imagine if 10 years from now we're sitting here and one of those egopreneurs is pitching on stage? How cool would that be? It, it did feel like it took a life of its own, which is exactly what you want to happen, right? We, we want people to take things that they like and just run with them. And I lost count of how many private parties sprung up that, that were organic private parties um, all over downtown. There was one out at 16 Tech. Um, but that's that's when you know you've nailed something, is when other people take whatever you're trying to create and they just take it and run with it and create their own version of it, right? And then activate their ecosystems. Um, I think, you know, was there a moment when I realized that? I think about a week before the event, when I started seeing all of these random organic parties start to spring up, um, that's when I hoped that the initial hope was gonna play out. <laughs> I had a company previously a number of years ago and I, I used to participate in lots of pitch competitions. And um, and actually I'm trying to remember if I ever won a pitch competition. And um, I don't think I did. Um, so but like you said, I think they're all winners. Right, there's there's no losers out there. There are finalists and alternates because they're the best of the best, right? So just because you lose a pitch competition doesn't mean you don't get funding. So I was in multiple pitch competitions where I may not have won the day of, but I still got funding from the investors that were behind the pitch competition. I just didn't happen to win that day, right? And that's still a great thing. So there was one pitch competition in particular. I remember it was a $100,000 pitch competition. I lost. 90 days later, I got $500,000 investment. So, you're right, they're all winners. And, um, and, and just going through the process of being forced to distill your message to two minutes. And, and by the way, what they pitched last week, those two minutes, I would guess that most of those finalists, if we went to them again in 90 days or six months with their two-minute pitch, it will be even different again because you're always refining it. So, in the rules and criteria from day one, we were very upfront that um, hey, you can win. You know, you can win this pitch competition. Confetti falls. We didn't have confetti this year, maybe next year. Um, but confetti falls, you get the trophy, social media posts, you're the victor. Like that's all great doesn't mean you're gonna get the investment. So to get the investment, um, you do have to establish an uh, Indiana presence if you don't already have one. Um, So you have to establish an Indiana presence for at least one year. um, And we're gonna roll off the red carpet for these these winners. Uh, So whether it's customer introductions, partner introductions, educational partners, manufacturing partners, all of them have different needs. And so we're gonna activate that ecosystem around the state to really help them, shower them with love, give them publicity, um, take them to great VIP experiences, introduce them to people who can help advance their business, and then hopefully they decide to, even if they don't personally stay, they decide to expand their business here. Everybody wins. Um, so they, but they definitely have to establish that, that Indian presence to, uh, and then we still have to go through due diligence as well. Right, so uh, diligence, terms, Indiana presence, um, and then that leads to ultimately to the to the investment. This is the inaugural event. We plan to do this every single year. We wanna get this thing to 100,000 people in 10 years. That's the goal, if not bigger. Um, so next year, I think we had a lot of learnings. One was coffee. We need to make sure we have plenty of coffee available. Um, but but rally's intentionally designed so that there's so much stuff to do that you 're not going to be bored for one moment. Um, I do think there's some ways that we can we can kind of uh fine-tune how we set up some of the content sessions and and some of the speakers etc but we're already looking at the big keynotes we're going to go after for next year and um we have a few ideas that we think are going to be absolutely amazing um but i think a, a refinement so refinement just trying to make it more efficient for people um to go to various sessions and then also we're going to start looking at do we add do we keep the same sectors? Do we add one or two more sectors? Um, you know, do, we, do we make a, cast a little bit of a wider net on some of the sectors? Do we add defense, right? Do we add ed tech separately or does that go under software? We've had people from the film industry reach out to us. Um, so maybe we stand up a film innovation track, for example. So those are the types of things uh, that we're thinking about. I love people. I just want them to succeed. That's it. That's simple. Um, and I, I get such a kick out of when other people get value out of whatever it might be and whether i'm a part of it or whether i'm not a part of it it's indifferent to me i just love people um pursuing their passion and achieving whatever their dreams might be and um that's what i get out of it i just love it
1: we head back to the rally innovation conference and one of the winners of the startup pitch competition
0: this is business equity and opportunities success story
1: Teresa Reno-Weber is the President and Chief Operating Officer of Good Maps of Louisville, Kentucky, winner of the Rally Software category.
6: We are an indoor mapping and accessible navigation company on a mission to make the world's indoor spaces more inclusive, interactive, and joyful for everyone. We have an indoor positioning technology and accessible app that allow individuals, whether they're blind, low vision, deaf, mobility impaired, neurodiverse, or like I like to say, directionally challenged, which was most of us, to get from the front door to the indoor destination of their choice with ease and confidence. So our road to rally was um, really interesting and exciting and, and a lot of fun and really helpful for us as a company. Uh, we applied, I think it might've been last fall, actually our chief commercial officer, who is a fully blind, successful entrepreneur and has been with the company for many years now, uh, submitted the video application which you know you needed to submit a data room with all of your financials the history of the company but also i want to say a minute long video so not a lot of time to explain the company and its impact in the world and where we were in our journey we're about four years old and so we're sort of in that startup to scale up phase and then once we were selected as one of the finalists the rally team paired us with a coach from GrowthX. Jeanette Renshaw, who was phenomenal. She really helped us hone our message, think about our market fit, what we were talking about, how we were presenting it, and I think helped us get that win that we had just last week.
5: So they went through the gauntlet. Uh, um, All all of those finalists that you saw on stage went through the gauntlet. And so it started off with, um, we we did proactive outreach recruiting to uh, over 20,000 companies. There were probably at least several thousand that we specifically targeted. Um, and so all of those folks either chose or not to apply. So we had 443 pitch applications from 44 countries. Um, and then, so once they applied, we had three different groups of people go through and look at every single video and pitch deck. So we had three entirely disconnected perspectives of these companies. Um, so I looked at all of them. Uh, we had Elevate people look at all of them, the EIRs that are sector specific. And then we had 60 advisors from across the globe look at them. So all of those different groups um, prioritized who they thought would be a, a, a good candidate for a finalist. And basically, we would we would prioritize the top 20. Um, and then that eventually got whittled down to the, to the five finalists and three alternates. From there, coaching started, and pretty hardcore coaching. The hardest things to do are the simplest things to do. So to pitch your company in two minutes, in 120 seconds, that is not easy.
6: So this was my first time at a startup pitch competition, a conference like this, a rally event, where you had, I think, close to 3,000 startup VC, you know, folks who were ready to come and learn about the best, most innovative companies around the world. You know, rally had, I think, 440 submissions from 44 countries. So we know we're in the top tier of new businesses in innovative sectors. And we were in the software category, but it was fascinating to see the types of businesses in hard tech, sports tech, ag and food. Um, You know, the demo arena was such an exciting hum of energy because of all these businesses and companies there. And for us as Good Maps, it was really fun because we were able to map the indoor demo arena and demonstrate to folks live what our turn-by-turn indoor navigation is and how accurate it can be for an indoor space so it was really thrilling for us to just be among all of those other entrepreneurs and innovators it's actually a part of the prize package is that we have to relocate at least a c-suite executive into indiana and so we're having conversations right now about whether that'll be you know jeffersonville or indianapolis but the more we learn about what they're providing the more indianapolis sounds like the spot to be just with all of the energy and the you know, VCs that are there. So you'll see us some more <laughs> for sure. So we're really excited about the year ahead and beyond as a part of uh, Elevate Ventures, the Indiana Economic Development Corps. It sounds like they're really about to wrap around us with all of the resources that Indiana has to bear to help new companies really accelerate their growth. And so we're thrilled to continue to work with Elevate Ventures, to continue to work with the IEDC and to be able to really benefit from the expertise of folks who have taken companies really to scale, because that's where we're at at this point. And we want to make sure that Good Maps is available for everyone everywhere.
1: Our thanks again to all the contributors who joined us for this episode of the Business Equity and Opportunities podcast. We hope you found it enlightening, useful, and inspiring. You'll find more information about the show on our website, beoshow.com. You can watch Business Equity and Opportunities Sunday mornings at 10 on Wish TV or live stream it through wishtv.com. Each week, we provide seven full segments with topics ranging from how to get started and how to access capital to the day-to-day running of your business and questions about accounting and bookkeeping. We feature business news and trends and always share a success story from one of our contributors. Join us next time for more insights into the world of small business. Be sure to sign up for our Business Equity and Opportunities newsletter to get even more valuable, up-to-date information. And if you have any questions or you'd like to be part of our show, please email us. The address is veo at wishtv.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Scott Sander. Thanks for listening. Watch the Business Equity and Opportunity Show on Wish
0: TV and access all of our content and share it on demand anytime at beoshow.com. You can find more podcasts from Wish TV on the All Indiana Podcast Network at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.